Our subject this morning is, uh, I certainly hope I'm not talking to any church member, but uh, you don't know what's inside of my heart, what's inside of my mind. But we want to look at 12 evidence that you have lost your first love. My wife's birthday today, and I told her before I left, I love you more today than I did the day I married you. And I say that with complete honesty. I've made this statement before. As much as I love God today, I don't know whether I even loved him when he saved me. And I love my wife so much more today that I'm not sure whether I loved her when I married her. And I hope that you can say that about your wife. I hope you can say that about your salvation. Turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, talking to the pastor. These things said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear them which are evil and thou hast cried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath a year, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat, of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This is a beautiful illustration of one of the seven churches or the seven church ages that we have lost our first love. When I've lost my first love for my wife, I will put everything before her and try to make some time like we're bargaining or something. 
God said here to this great church, he said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. When we have lost our first love, whether it be our marriage or whether it be the church, we're in trouble. So we want to look at uh, 12 evidences that thou hast lost your first love. I believe you can apply them to your marriage, your home. We certainly can apply it to the church. In Mark chapter 12, Mark the 12th chapter, when we look at this and we look at the 30th verse, Mark 12, 30, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. What is God saying? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. When we love someone or something with all our heart, we give that something our attention, our priority. When your soul does not long for times of rich fellowship in God's word or in his prayer, See, only you can answer. Only I can answer. Mark 12.30, as we just read, said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul. We ask ourselves, how much do we really love God? If you're saved, you can't love God without loving his church. It's his bride. It's like saying, you know, I'll choose who I love and who I don't love. Well, a child of God really doesn't have that pleasure. But we certainly can apply ourselves with the Apostle John. Jesus loved John more than he loved the other disciples. Very clear. Why? Because John loved him more. When your thoughts during leisure moments do not reflect at all, never at all, on the Lord, then there's a problem. Psalms chapter 10. 
Psalms, the 10th chapter and the 4th verse. Look at what God says. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. How often do we think about God? How often do we think about his church? And when I say that statement, I'm asking the church is not this building, but the church are the members. How often do we pray? one for another. I'm thankful for the little prayer thing that we have on Facebook. I don't get as as excited about it as a lot of people because it becomes habit. Brother so-and-so is going to have Thursday, Thursday, praying, 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 praying. I'm glad. Don't get get me wrong. Don't run away with that. But it's easy to put on Facebook, I'm praying, and getting on your knees and praying is entirely different. Quit doing what you enjoy long enough to pray for that sister or that brother or that lost person. See, there are 12 evidence that you've lost your first love. See, when you claim to be only human and give in to those things that displease the Lord. I think I've heard that statement more in 2021 than I have in a lot of previous years. I'm only human. Do you think God accepts that? I think you've got a problem when your wants takes priority over God's wants. See, back in our Mark 12, where we started out, and I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy strength. With all thy strength. Let me ask you a little personal question. When you're not feeling bad, you know. I'm thankful that I don't have in a year like I used to have in a year. I used to have in a year when I was working at IBM so bad that I would have to call my wife to come and get me. And going down Russell Cave, I stopped several times and vomit. I was so sick. God's blessed me. I haven't had it like that in years. 
And we may say, well, I, I don't read the way I should and I don't study the way I should, but preacher, I'm only human. No, you're a child of God. And when you're a child of God and you ask for strength, God will give you that strength to do that which in the normal flesh you could not do. See, I serve a super God. When you don't willingly and cheerfully give to the work of God or to the needs of others. You know, you know what that little card means? The little card means not what we give, but what everybody gives. There's people here in Harrison County that had food some night that wouldn't have had. And they don't do like I do. My wife will say, you know, I think I'll fix this tonight. Oh, man, they don't. I don't really care for that. You know why I really don't care for that? I'm not hungry enough. And we are spoiled because we've been blessed. Most of us don't have to worry about eating what we don't like. We've been blessed so that most of the time we need what we do like. Who made that possible? And then somebody usually says something that really irritates me. Well, I've worked. A lot of people work. But they haven't been fortunate enough to get the job that you have. They weren't fortunate enough to be able to go to college, as some of us have. God has blessed us. And I believe that because God has blessed us, that we need to do as Mark twelve thirty said, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy strength. When we love somebody the way God tells us to love, you know, but when you don't willingly and cheerfully give to the work of God or to the needs of others or pray for that individual, when we turn to First John chapter three. And verse 17. Notice what God says. First John chapter 3 and verse The Lord says here, But whosoever hath this world's goods and see his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now, no option. There's not been a time that when Dora and I drove to Newman, Georgia, that ever exit 
there's a sign. I'll work for food. I'm hungry. And yet, one of those stops, and McDonald's was right as you got off the exit, and you know what was on that sign? Help wanted. I passed up that guy. But there are some genuine people who need help. And God said, not Brother Vance, God said, but whosoever hath this world's good and seeketh his brother, see if his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. It means when we know that brother or sister is saved, we know that brother or sister has a genuine need, and we just look it over. I think we've lost the first love. I think being obedient to God is not as important as it once was. The only hope this world has is to have missionaries like Brother Herman Mills. If you look at some of the mission sheets that I can show you that I print off of the internet, he's probably is one of the lowest that people contribute to. You know what? Brother Mills, like me, he he can't sing. He's not a flashy, outgoing missionary. He's just steadily over there building a building and God saving people. But yet you bring in some missionaries and they got a family that, that sings and dances and whatever. We get excited. It's the flesh getting excited. When you stop treating your Christian brothers and sisters as you would treat Jesus, you've lost your first love. I don't know how anybody else in this building feels. You don't treat my wife right. I don't want nothing to do with you. Because my wife is part of me. When you don't treat my church right, I'm part of this church. This building is not. We are the church. God says in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Notice. Matthew 25 and verse 40. 
And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then in John 13, John 13, notice here, 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that he also love one another. Then we can say, but I'm not perfect. But God loved me anyway. Matter of fact, Steve, God loved you when you hated him. And you may say, oh, I've never hated the Lord. Well, maybe we use a strong word, but you certainly wasn't thankful that, that he kept you fed, clothed, and taken care of until you were saved. See, we give ourselves so much credit. I'm self-made. I thank God for that. See, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful that, that from the time I got out of high school that I never was without a job. Not one time. Never drawed one check of unemployment. You know why? Because I kept the job I had until I had a better one. Kept the job I had until I had a better one. Because one job that is not what I want is better than no job at all. But see, we got this syndrome and even Christians, I think, sometimes. When we leave our first love, then we're not satisfied with what God is supplying us. We need to understand that when you view the commands of Christ as restrictions, on your happiness rather than expressions of his love. A person told me yesterday I went down to the dollar store. When you live in a big city in Carlisle, you don't have no grocery stores. You know. You've got a dollar store that's run down, it's dirty. But at least they have uh, you know, some things that you can Get God bless. But this lady I witnessed to her before, and she said, A big storm is coming in tomorrow. You plan on having church, Reverend? I said, No, ma'am, I'm not a Reverend. And yes, ma'am, unless there's ice and snow in the morning, we'll have church. And she said, It makes you feel good, don't it? Now, in the flesh, I wanted to reach across that, you know, that. Uh, counter and give her an attitude adjustment. But 
I didn't. I said, ma'am, God has blessed me in every way and shape and form that you could mention. The least I can do is to serve him. As poorly as it is most of the time. God said in John 14, verse 21, He that hath my commandments and keep them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Question to follow up on the scripture. Why should God keep blessing us if we're not thankful for the blessings he's already blessed us with? Huh? Everything we have was the blessing of God. When you inwardly strive for the acclaim of this world rather than the approval of the Lord, You know, there's long as there are professing Christians out there, I'm sure, somewhere, that they, uh, it thrills them more what you think about them and what God thinks about them. But yet, in First John, chapter 2 and verse 15, God said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, you've got to understand, what world is he talking about? I love nature. I love to see the water run down a brook. I love to go to the mountains in the spring and in the fall. I love the the smell of fresh grass in the spring. But I'd rather love the one that has provided that for me. That provided that for me. God created the Smoky Mountains. And I love the Smoky Mountains. But I love the creator of the Smoky Mountains much more. That's why that he said, he that hath my commandments and keep them is he that loveth me. If we know, you know, if you got more than one child, you know, and people said, you know, Kim has told me, you know, I, you know, probably I would have been a better mother if I had two or three children. I would have been a better father if I'd been. You know. I said, no. If you had three like we've had, and the other two will say, you love that one more than you do us. You ever had that? What I tell that person is, I love that one 
it appears more because it appears more, not only appears more, but she loves me more. And why did John love, why did Jesus love John more? I'm still in the scripture. He loved John more because John loved him more. But it doesn't mean that he didn't love the others. When you inwardly strive for a claim of this world rather than the approval of God. He said, love not this world. John 15, 19 said, If we were of the world, the world would love its own, but because we are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. See, two great truths in that verse. It was God that chose me, and it was God who gave me the love for him. When you fail to make Christ and his words known because of fear. What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of to tell? See, sometimes even in the tragedy of death, God opens up a door for us to witness. I know that Brenda knows my neighbors. When I was in Lawrenceburg, it seemed like every house we rented, we got to stay in it two or three months till somebody sold it. But that man and woman and their little girl across the street from me is probably one of the best neighbors I've ever had the pleasure of living across the street from. They're lost. They need Christ. You know how hard it is to witness to good lost people? It's hard. But here weeks ago, she lost her brother and her dad lost his eldest son. And it's amazing that when something like that happens, how God softens the heart. And I still pray for him. Pray for him every night. See, when you fail to make Christ and his words known because of fear, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? What makes us afraid to tell somebody about Jesus Christ? I'm going to give you a reason not to be afraid anymore. It's called the judgment. That person, that woman, that boy, that girl, that man. We didn't want to offend them. We didn't want to make them mad. 
So we see them cast into hell. And we had opportunity after opportunity to witness. When you refuse to give an activity which you know is offending a weaker brother, when you refuse to give up that activity. You know what Paul said in Romans chapter 14? We'll be finished here in a few moments. In Romans, the 14th chapter, God says in verse 13, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block on occasion to fall in his brother's way. Notice verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitable, destroy not him with the meat for whom Christ died. As we close, a couple more verses. When you become complacent, with sinful conditions around you. Don't want to embarrass Steve, but Steve has talked to me about it. You know, I must comfort, I'd forgive him. You know, it's 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 hard to work on assembly line or when infidels is on each side of you. Because the more you say something to them, it seems like the worse they get. But God put you between those two lost people for one reason. Not to make you uncomfortable. He put you there so your little light would shine. And that's a lot harder to do than it is to say. But uh, we need to remember that Matthew 24, 12 said, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The same thing is happening to our government. I've heard many say, I'm not voting anymore. You don't vote, you don't vote, you're voting for the Democrats. So, Brother Vance, you can't say that. If you don't vote, you're voting for the Democrats. And the Democrats is against everything this country was founded upon. Why are we ashamed to stand for what we believe? 
Or is it? We really don't believe it. It's like a guy I talked to one day, him and his wife was having problems. I said, you know, it'd be good probably, you know, if you would, uh, you know, take home some flowers, some box of candy, or, or just tell her every once in a while, you know, I still love you. Well, I'm still here. Oh, that's romantic, isn't it? They'll get you your favorite meal. Lastly, when you're unable to forgive or forget another for offending you. I'll close with this. First John chapter 4. And I always close with First John and you'll be on good ground. God said in verse 20, If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. Man, that's pretty stout. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Well, the psalmist said in Psalms 119, 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend thee. Tell you how you handle that church. You probably already know, but uh, A lot of people don't know any better than to do what they do. So how do you handle that? When the grace of God, it'd be you. That thought will keep you out of trouble. If it wasn't for the grace of God, there I would be. Song leader and pianist comes.